We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to have everybody on today. Hope uh, hope everyone's doing well. Uh, today, I have uh, as my guest, Jacob, who is the host of the Golden Gridiron Podcast. Um, it's an app state um, deep dive into everything app state. And uh, I've had the privilege to jump on there frequently uh, talking about college football, talking about uh, picks for games and everything. But uh, thanks for coming on, Jacob. Glad to have you. I'm glad to have you, man. Thank you so much. Love having you on my channel, too. So it's been awesome. Appreciate it, man, so much. Uh, Let's uh, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm Dick Elliott. I'm from North Carolina. I don't, I'm 19. I don't even go to the app and take a gap here. But my mom and dad both went there. I've seen around 55 different opponents play apps. And about 2018, I started getting into more of the media stuff of it. And then um, 2018, 2019, didn't do much of it. Then 2020 came around, and I just decided to go four fourth and just see what happens. And I have 1,588 followers and pretty much a game 1,000 in 2020, 2021 alone. It, it's just awesome to see the support, not just from app fan bases, but the country's fan bases, I know. But it's um, it's an honor to be on here, but it's an honor to do this for not just app state nation, but the whole nation, because uh, I have contacts and other stuff. But it's awesome to be a part of a, be part of something that you can help people and tell people stuff they may not know. But, uh, it's awesome. Like I said, how you go to app, but I love apps so much. I do this as my free time for the passion and for the players and coaches to actually interview. It's just a miracle for what I did, but this is awesome to be on here too, man. You, you do a great job in your podcast. I'm honored to be on yours. I really appreciate that, man. And, and I couldn't agree with, with you more, what you're saying. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing to be able to uh, interact with so many great people, so many uh, just what we what we do what we're able to do with this and how we're able to reach people it's it's just it's pretty amazing um like you said people from other countries it's just like you're you just don't expect uh something like that to happen and i mean like for me my listeners know i was a college basketball coach and then that lost my job with that and then i'm like hey i've, I've always been passionate about this like like you're passionate as well and just to be able to uh, do this and, and and do it so quickly and have it, it it's so much fun, like you were saying, and uh, couldn't uh, like I said, I couldn't agree more with what you were saying. But uh, I I know I know you were super super excited about that game Wednesday night. Uh, great game, really. Um, yeah. You were at the game, correct? Yes, I was at the game. How was that? <laughs> um. Well, I, I first want to say this, and I'm, I'm, this is not going to be a long shot. I think 
we have some one of the best fan bases in the country. No joke. We have thirty one thousand for a Wednesday night game. Let's just say that. Thirty one thousand at a Wednesday night game. And we have people drive from all over the country and from different states just to come back to the App Play Coastal on a Wednesday. That shows you our fan base is very passionate. We have about I think ten I think around ten thousand students per game gets in. We have they get for free, they have the tanks and stuff. It's for our fan base travels so well, but that also shows up so big on a weekday game, which surprised everyone. But it's good to see that for App State Nation. Definitely, it, it was one of them. It made it more memorable, but also it brought the rock back because it was so loud that I know, you know a couple times Coastal couldn't hear. They had to call timeout and mess up the play. But thirty-one thousand on a Wednesday night is just insane. And I think you would agree with that. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean. You, you look at a lot of the games on TV on weeknights, even any any of the matching games coming up uh, in November on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, they'll be playing in front of five ten thousand people. Then uh, any of the other games you see on a Thursday night, Friday night, it's it's the same thing. So just to just to see that support uh, and. And and I echo what you're saying. App State fans are tremendous. I mean, one of the best fan bases in con- in the country, one of the most knowledgeable, passionate fan bases that there is, and uh, they they've had a lot to cheer for over the years, and the, and I, they should be very very excited with how the how the team performed on Wednesday night. But just overall in general, I mean, I know coming off the Louisiana game, I, I personally thought that. With with all the experience on App State's roster, that they that they would respond, and plus with it being coastal and the rivalry and what it means for the Sun Belt East, I mean, I knew that App State would be ready to go. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And Louisiana game, I have to get credit. I have a really good relationship with Louisiana. I love you guys. You guys did a great job, and I'm totally honest. But the thing that our fan base knows of, and we're pretty sure we had two thirds on coastal for that game. We knew that. We knew that Louisiana was good, but we're just so focused on that coastal game, getting revenge and being east, that we kind of lost sight of the Louisiana game. Don't get me wrong, Louisiana is a good team. It's just that we were not focused on Louisiana, in my opinion, and many other fans' opinions. That's what happened. No doubt Louisiana's good, but still, we kind of have our own mistakes that could have been prevented, but we're so focused on coastal, we just made these multiple mistakes that cost us the game. 100%. I completely agree with that. Like, even when I was watching the game, it, you could just, you just kind of see, like, they, 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 App was making mental mistakes that they don't make, like, that, that you never see them make. So it was, it was one of those things where you could tell, like, hey, they're, they're looking ahead. And, and you got, like you said, you got to give credit to Louisiana. Like you said, that's a good football team. But, uh, I, I think we can both agree that the two best teams in the Sun Belt are Coastal and App. And that was, that was pretty uh, apparent on Wednesday night. Definitely. Um, Coastal came, came to play. They were very chippy. Let's just say that. Our players may have done, but our players actually really did a good job, in my opinion, staying controlled and not losing their temper. Because they piled, uh, I don't get into the ref situation, but um, that, that, that just pissed us off in the ref calls and, and missed calls. But, um, but for them, they did a good job, and they knew they were in for a test. I think they were just a little surprised that 
that, that we could compete with them. Because all year they've been saying how they they we they were throwing out and so. So I feel like there's a little wake up call for Coastal and kind of punched in the mouth and they didn't really know how to respond to it. Um, they're good teams, but still our defense all often showed up in the second half. First half, there's a couple of good things, especially the onside kick, which everyone thought was amazing. Um, but mostly, yeah, I'm going to go back to the onside kick if you have a second. Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so Clark even said this. There's only two players on the field for that kick that knew that was going to be an onside kick. Every other player didn't know. That's awesome. The the, the way the, um, the kicker and the person who recovered it, number zero, were the only two people who knew that was going to be an onside kick. Which it was. The way I'm hearing that, I'm like, wow, that's actually because we think that he did that because the team would maybe react differently if it was an onside kick. Oh, like blah blah. blah. But not telling them kind of gives you full like, okay, they're going to kick it long. Not, kind of go all out and they just kick it onside. That's just. It was a really good play call, but it was really good mentally, I feel like, doing that to help sell out that it was not going to be on side when it was. Right. The the way that it was executed was, I mean, you, you couldn't have done it any better. I mean, that was, it was, yeah. fan, it was fantastic. And uh, I didn't hear that. So just, just hearing that, that makes it even more impressive that it's just like, and like you said, from a, from an execution standpoint, that, that, it makes it the other nine guys are going all out. And then you got the, the other two who knows what's going to happen because they see, they see the opening that coastal gave them and to be able to react and take advantage of that is, it's tremendous. Yeah. If your fans haven't seen that. I a hundred percent recommend it. It's one of the best onside kicks I've seen, you know, maybe ever the way it was chased, the way it was recovered, the way everything it was just, I can't get over how perfect it was. Oh, it was it was, it was perfection. It was perfection, absolutely. I mean, that, I think yeah, you fans should definitely look at because I mean, it's not just me saying this because I'm like that. I mean, I was all fan base, no fan bases were like, that's the best onside kick we've seen ever. I, I couldn't, I, really I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, just not our fan bases. Others saying, wow. But um, yeah, I think cut. Credit to Coastal, though. They are, they are a good team. They are a good team. It's just we came to play. We wanted to beat them. They're a good team. They, I mean, I feel like we were some of the game out of it the first half. They're kind out of it. But then all of a sudden, the second half, we got sacked. We got pressures. I mean, if we played like that in the first half, I feel like we would have won the game without a field goal. But we finally woke up. We made some adjustments. And we, we had... Two sacks in a row on McCall, which is they never have. Three, I think three or four sacks total, but they never allow. So, and that's only in the second half. And that's what's crazy because our defense gave up some big plays, but they always came back after the next drive and just shrugged it off and tried to do it better. It was amazing to see that our offense struggled, but then with still some miscues and mistakes in the first quarter. But the second quarter, Bryce. If you look at some of the touchdown passes, especially one Sutton, oh my gosh, Bryce can throw the ball and he can throw it in a perfect spot. He's not 100, percent but still, he he really can throw it into a spot where no one else can catch a buzz receiver. It's pretty amazing to see if you look at the replays. Absolutely, he he played he played about as 
perfect as a game as he really could have, honestly. I mean, he, yeah, the deep balls that he threw uh, were, like you said, they were in spots where only his guys could get it. And just uh, they just did a tremendous job on that. And they were able to beat that man coverage that, that Coastal plays. And and uh, they just they just didn't Coastal adjust well to it. Yeah, Coastal hasn't really allowed any passing touchdowns this year at all. So having that many against them really showed up and showed up up in film. So I'm I'm pretty surprised. They really I don't know that they're like the they don't really allow any passing touchdowns. So it was really good to see from our standpoint that we could do that against Coastal. Right, right, and and I know you you guys' schedule sets up pretty well now the rest of the way for obviously not really. No, no. I... Well, it's difficult because we have some tough teams that are not usually tough. We have ULM this coming up week, which beat Liberty. Yeah, and ULM is a lot better than anybody team. thought that they were going to be, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and so when they're coming in from the Liberty, and they play this weekend, but coming off that win and maybe win tomorrow or whenever, I mean, they're going to need a team that's going to be out for, for a win, and that kind of scares us a little bit because we know we're good, but it's just, are we going to show up? Um, are we going to take ULM lightly, lightly like we beat them twerk, like bad last year? Then we have Arkansas State, which almost beat Louisiana. Yeah, they almost, yeah, they we almost have won. South Alabama, which is really good. And then right. we finish out the season against Troy and Georgia Southern. So it, it, it's not a home run from here. There's some tough teams still to go through. Right, right, and I and I think like what you said with ULM is you're coming off the the major high of coastal, so I, I think it's only human nature to kind of let take your foot off the gas a little bit. Um, but like you said, they just they just got to stay focused, and if they're focused, they should be able to handle it. But but uh, like you were saying, ULM, this is not the ULM that we're used to seeing. Exactly. Yes, one hundred percent. They're not what we used to see, but they have a new coach. But still, you, you can see in games that they're there. They want to play. There. And it's pretty – it's nice for the Sun Belt, but it's for – the West, I mean, the West this year is improved. Right. Um, especially South Alabama. They mm-hmm. have a really good team. Arkansas State, I want to see Louisiana, even though they're 1-6, they could be a possibly upset. ULM beat Liberty and looking for some more wins to get the bowling. I mean, the West is improved from last year, so it's going to be tougher for us to do that uh, schedule-wise because they are getting better in the West. Right, right. And, and South Alabama, uh, Talbert at wide receiver, I mean, he's going to play in the NFL. He's he's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was um, – but I'm still not to that half game, right, with um, – it's just amazing because one part of the game, you can look this up online too. They, um, they told you, yeah, you cell phone turn the camera lights on this wave with the song. And it was one of the best things I've seen. That was in the third quarter. And then it's like still the thing was still packed. And I mean, it's just awesome to see our fan base react and actually want to be there and cheer and just, and just have fun. It, it makes us feel a lot better because. And for our players, I know they'll have support, unlike some teams that don't really get that. Like Louisiana, like the last few games, didn't really have too much attendance, even though they're playing their schools. But for app, we have this, we, we sold out three and four games this year, I think, already. 
Um, it's just crazy to see that our fan base is showing up, especially during or kind of after COVID-wise, and just showing up in droves. And even for the away game, it, it's just amazing to see that not just us, but all the fan bases come back so strong as they have been. Absolutely. I mean, that's and that's the whole the whole thing that we all love about this is just to be able to uh, interact with with people, but then to be able to support our teams and just go and watch the game that we're so passionate about, and to be able to do it with with all these people. Just, I mean, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah, it was um, really really good, and <clears throat> I just want to say one quick thing about personal staff wise and. You can go off from there and go to some other stuff if you want. But um, we have game coastal 575 yards to 346 yards in that game. The only reason that that's the score is what it was because we had some turnovers, we had some mistakes that cost us field position. And they took advantage of that. If you if you took away those um, interceptions or not interceptions, the um, takeaways have to have won by two or three scores. It was just this real mistake that cost us the that many points being given up. I I agree with you, and and that was the thing that really surprised me while watching the game was just, I mean, you you watch Coastal week in and week out, and their offense just like ru- like runs on another level, and uh, App's defense played unbelievable. I mean, the, hats off to them, but uh, to be able to control that offense the way that they were able to. Uh, was something that we haven't seen um, in a while. But uh, like you said, I mean, it it definitely could have been a – it probably should have been a bigger margin, like you said, with those miscues and turnovers that App had. Yeah, it was um, it was awesome to see that. And, but then after the game, we kicked the field goal. Even though we got fined for this, our fans rushed the, rushed the field. We got fined like $250,000 or something. Uh, I don't know, but um, still, I mean, I don't. I, I mean, personally, I don't like that money anyway, But at the same time, I like to see our fans and our students so passionate to that of this game to do that at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, with that with how big of a game that was, I, I I'm all for it. Um, of course, you want to make sure everybody's safe, but I mean, yeah. It, it, with how big of a game that was for both teams and just the rivalry, what it is. And like, uh, I, I think that that's, that's what should happen. Honestly, I, I I probably would have been disappointed if it didn't happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also national stage was there. Like we had ESPN two filming the game. So Mm -hmm. that also helped us. And plus, I don't know, probably no one else besides app fans really knows. They were, let me count, because there were a lot of, let me see where I'm at right now. Well, I'm trying to find out. Okay, we had about, say, 11 NFL scouts there for that game this past Wednesday. Um, I want to make sure I say that right, but I think it's about 11, here we go. Right, yeah, 11 teams, um, NFL team scouts were there watching that game Wednesday in person, which was amazing to see that many be there. Absolutely. I mean, I think anybody watching that game can see that there's plenty of guys out there that are going to play on Sunday for both teams. I mean, App State's defense has a handful of guys that are going to play on Sunday. And then, I mean, Coastal, we know that the handful of guys that they're going to play 
on Sunday as yeah. well. And I mean, it, it, that's, that's a big deal, not only for both those teams, but for the Sun Belt. And, and I think that yeah. helps us transition into something that you and I have been talking about for a while now and just the expansion of everything. And, uh, just today, the, uh, the uh, announcement of the Sunbelt expanding. And I know you and I are both super, super excited about this. We, we've known for a, a while that Southern Miss was going to, it was going to be there. Um, but to hear Marshall, Old Dominion, and uh, James Madison, JMU now, uh, getting are going to be getting the call as well. I think it, it, it's it's setting up really, really well for the Sunbelt. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you mean, talking, I've heard this before, but uh, we knew from FCS to FCS, we took a risk going to the Sun Belt. Because when we did that, Sun Belt was not high. They were just kind of low, like one of the bottom conferences in the whole country. And, and it was really a risk. In my opinion, looking back, it was kind of a risk to see, okay, do we go to the dying conference or do we just stay back a few years and try to go to the bigger one? That risk paid off big time. Because you look at what we've achieved, what the Sun Belt's achieving now because of Asper, Southern Coastal coming in, bringing the competition level up. I mean, it, the Sun Belt used to be one of the worst. It's going to be one of the best now. It's amazing to see the app play a big role in that. And also it's amazing to see the um, Dylan, I'm not Dylan, um, the, our commissioner, Sun Belt commissioner, be able to put all of this together and make it one of the best conferences after being one of the worst for a long time. Absolutely. I mean, just before before App came in the league, I mean, like you said, the the Sun Belt was kind of a laughing stock when it came to the FBS level, and and yep. like and like you said, I mean, App took a took a risk to join the league, but obviously, like you said, it's one that's paid off significantly, and and I think it set uh it set things up for Coastal to do the same exact thing. And it's setting up for JMU to do this, do the same thing as well. And uh, who knows what it could turn into in the future. Um, but just, I, I echo with what you're saying. I think the Sun Belt is now going to be the best group of five, group of four, whatever it turns into with uh, Conference USA. But they're going to be the best non-Power 5 league in college football. No doubt that. I know a lot of people like that old dominion, and, and I can see they're coming from. But I was thinking about this this day, and like looking from, look at their slide point of this. Being a culture say they don't really have that much media attention. They don't have ESPN. They don't have really big recruiting. I mean, big competition. So like, excuse me. Um, has an old dominion come to Sun Belt could be their big break because they will get more. Attention now, media-wise, TV-wise, they'll get more recruits to help bump up to the Sun Belt level. I mean, I know right now they are—they don't look good, but give them a couple of years, and I'm telling you, Old Dominion could be the new Coastal Carolina, who's kind of like the underdog, you know, like American favorite team, because they moved up and they and they're going to the Sun Belt. It could pay benefits for their whole athletic department and quality and rating and talent-wise. 100%. I agree with you on that. I mean, that, that, plus they're being in Virginia. That's a great recruiting area for football. Uh, they just, it's, it, it sets up really well for them. Um, 
it always blew my mind that Conference USA was never able to get the type of TV deal that the Sun Belt has gotten, and and the Sun Belt did a tremendous job with that. I mean, yeah, I know they got to play games on Wednesdays or Thursdays or Fridays to get their get their product out there, but at least they're getting their product out there on ESPN, and you never see a, a, a Conference USA game on. Uh, the only time you see that is CBS Sports Net. Other than that, I mean, you never see them on TV, and and uh, yeah. that that's hats 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 off to the Sun Belt Commissioner for doing that. Yeah, the only time you see like too much, I think um, I don't know about the map. Maybe map or country USA is always on ESPN for bowl games only. Mm-hmm. So they really got no really media attention. But the Sun Belt and ESPN, what an amazing deal that we got, and it paid benefits and dividends for a whole every athletic department. The talent-wise, the publicity-wise, money-wise, NIL deals now, it is, it is just amazing to see the Sun Belt come from being poached by the Conference USA with a bunch of teams to poaching them back Right, they're going to be one of the best leagues. Right, absolutely. And and it, I was thinking about this today. It's, it's just really amazing what's happened uh, just since Texas and Oklahoma – said they were going to the SEC. And, and, I mean, that one was one that threw threw everybody for a loop. Nobody saw that coming. But just j- just from that announcement just a couple months ago to now the Big 12 taking on the teams that they're taking on to the American taking on the teams they're taking on to now the Sun Belt doing what they're doing. And it, it's just – it's really amazing to see just how in such a short time frame all this has happened and how it's just going to change the entire landscape of not just college football, but college sports in general. A hundred percent. And we all knew it was coming because there's been rumors for like the past year about realignment and talk about it. But when, um, when Texas and Oklahoma, I think that's like announced that, that just blew open the doors for everything else. But it's been talked about. It was just a question of when. Right. Not so it was like, okay, it's not like, oh, no, it's going to happen. The question was, when will it happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would love to hear your your insight or your take on what you think uh, some of the other teams from Conference USA, what you think they're going to do. I mean, in, in my opinion, I think UTEP needs to do everything that they can to get into the Mountain West. Uh, I, keep, I live in Mac country and in central Illinois here. And, and I've heard a lot of things about Bowling Green potentially going to the Mac and then them calling up a FCS program that I live just down the street from in Illinois state to the Mac. So that that's something kind of interesting that I, that I keep hearing here in my backyard, but I just want to maybe get your insight on what you think of some of these other teams, what they might do. Yeah, so I'm going to pull this up quickly so I can see who's the left in there. <laughs> there's not <Okay>. many. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so there's only a few teams left, though. Um, I want to make sure I get this right. Oh, well, I can't really find it right now. All right, but yeah, um, so, well, I actually can look at this one just so. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's funny because, I mean, Conference USA, they, they, they poached, Schools from the Sun Belt because media wise, and now it's buying them in the butt. Let's just say that. Right. Right now for the first ball. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, people are saying they're like, yeah, they did buy them in the butt. 
because they they didn't really go after anything else but media wise, in my opinion. Right. So, yeah, it was crazy to think that, and, and I didn't really know about it until like this year or last year, just being more knowledgeable about it. Um, but it was pretty tagum. It turned out to be one of the worst decisions Compton USA could have made. Let's just go back. Right. Um, here we go. So as of now, they have um, FIU, Almighty, Mel Tennessee, Mel Tennessee State, whatever, Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, and UTEP. Louisiana Tech is in a hard spot right now because what else schools are there really to go for in that country that's not in right. the conference? Right. ULM, Louisiana, LSU is like up there in the, in the P5. So like, there's no real conference or no real, well, not conference, but yeah, conference, but not no real like talent or like rivalry and no real opponents that could spark something up right now around them. So it's, it's going to hurt them big time. Um, Western Kentucky, they left with some of and Melton City State. That could be still possibly something to look at because there are one state apart, and that's the The FIU and Miami is also going to be interesting to see because, again, what boys schools are out there besides the ones been taken down, like in the conference that's still open? None. Yeah. So, I mean, my biggest, the two biggest teams I feel like that's going to be super worried and super try to do anything they can to get somewhere will be Louisiana Tech and FIU due to the location and due to that, that state and the state having that much talent and no one really, really wanting to be somewhere around Louisiana Tech that doesn't have that much talent. Right. And I've seen, I've seen a lot of things on social media from the Louisiana fans that <laughs> they've just they've just been letting Louisiana Tech have it, and it's kind of funny. I, I I chuckle at it, but it's like they call they call them Rustin Community College and all kinds of different things. And it's just it, it it's all in fun, of course, but it's just it's just funny to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. Is, those are the two main teams that if I was in if I was them, I would be super worried because of geographic wise and all this other stuff. So. That's the thing to look out for. And, and FIU's in Miami. It's not like it's in a bad market. It's in a pretty good marketplace in Miami. So the thing is, is that any conference is going to pick them up. Like, and depend, it, it, it's still interesting to, to see. But, I mean, I would be worried if I was Louisiana Tech or FIU right now. Because Southern Miss was the only other team close to them. Now they're gone. Right. Absolutely. And, and uh so, as we know, FIU is one of those former Sunbelt schools that got poached. So it's kind of yeah. kind of interesting how that's coming back to bite them in the butt. <laughs> and the thing is, also there's rumors of McNeese State coming in along with yeah. Houston State, New Mexico State. And that's all doing well. But if you look at Mel Tennessee State, West Kentucky, and Florida, really doesn't really fit right there. Right, right. Unless, unless they can get an FCS school from the east or from around that area, then it would be plausible to get some West End. I mean, it's just based on if they can get anyone and who they get in geographically wise. That's going to be the point that was going to be crucial for the conference USA is that who and where they're located. 100%. And, and there's always the possibility that, that it could just blow up in their face and it could just disband and then 
it turns into what do those five teams that we mentioned with uh, UTEP, FIU, Louisiana Tech, uh, Western Kentucky, Middle Tennessee State, what what they end up doing? Did the, does the Sun Belt then become a a super conference at that point, adding all of those teams? It'd just be really interesting to see. Um, obviously, Liberty is still out there too. It, it there, yeah. there's a there's a lot of dominoes still yet to fall. Yeah, and. But, I mean, talking and knowing the Sun Belt, they're pretty pleased with they have now. So, if anything, I would not see them adding anyone else. I really don't know in the Sun Belt. They're, they're happy. All the teams are staying for the, in the, pretty much, I think, except for maybe our, maybe the non-football schools may not stay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But still, it, it's still, I feel like the Sun Belt is satisfied with what they got, and they're not really going to look for much more. Because they, they, you know, it, it's going to be difficult to find the find. I mean, I would love to have someone from Florida play. I mean, no doubt about it. It's just, I just don't see the Sun Belt pursuing anyone else unless it's going to be Liberty. And if that happens, possibly you can get someone like Louisiana Tech or somewhere out west team to come in. Right, right. Just to balance it out, right. Yeah, that's the only, re- only thing I can see the Sun Belt going after is something like that. that there's no other way. In my opinion, that some Belt will ever go after any more college state teams or any team based on how happy they are with all the teams staying and the addition of these beautiful teams. Right. I, I agree with you. I, I agree with that. I mean, the conference is set up so well. Kind of, we, we've, been, we've been talking about it, but just the conference is now set up to be the best G5 conference and, and and it's not even really a debate in my opinion, and I I'm sure you agree with that as well. Oh yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, uh, we've come to the end of the episode. Uh, is there uh, anything else you'd like to add before we close? Well, um, congratulations, everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just been awesome talking on here. Like I said, I'm Jacob Elliott from the Golden Gridiron Podcast. And my in the last two we had weekends back to back, and that's how I didn't do to do any of those um, podcasts this two weeks. It's because it was just a weird weekday. I couldn't get my um, people scheduled up right. It was kind of running around with like the chicken, like the head cut off. It was just crazy. So I didn't do two podcasts. But I expect one to come out this week for ULM. Um, but it's amazing. I know this fan. I know your followers enjoy my content. I actually do graphics too. Um, you guys can see it. I'm pretty sure you know my graphics skills. <laughs> oh yeah. He, he's very, very good guys. Very, very good. So yeah, I feel some dodgy gaps for other teams too. I, I don't mind doing that. Um, but just happy to be a part of this. And I, I tell you this, if I want to tell everyone else this, I'm about to launch my podcast. I have, um, then I was put in charge of a special project for my local high school that I'm a senior, I graduated. Um, it's a reunion video and stuff like that for a football team. I got paid 400 bucks for it. So it's, um, it, it, it's just awesome to see all the skills you can do with podcasting and this, the media wise. So if you guys ever want to have anything really edited or added, or you have any questions, you can hit me up. I'm at State Predictions. Or it's App State Sports News and Facts. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> Thank you for having me so much. This is awesome. Of course, man. And and, and I second that with 
the the graphics that he does are fantastic guys if you need if you need anything hit hit him up it, it he does a great job but yeah, uh and the whole thing of my phone by hand <laughs> that's awesome uh, and that's the thing everyone and i'm self-taught so that's the thing i was like wait this self-taught you do it on your phone and then you do such a great job I'm like how do you do it i'm like i don't know it's just talent <laughs> We we all yeah, have we all have our gifts that God gave us and and you are oh, yeah. definitely you are definitely uh, gifted when it comes to the uh, media aspect and the graphic design aspect that is for sure. Yeah, and um, let me say you, he's a great you're actually you're a great man. I mean, you come on my podcast, we talk a bunch. It's been awesome, but it's also being on your podcast is it's just awesome to be invited to podcasts besides just conference ones. So it's awesome to be a part of them. Awesome to get a name out there. But um, I love you guys. And any fan base in the world, I don't have any problems with. I do not have problems with Marshall or with some <laughs> fan bases because I still do games with them. <laughs> I, I don't hate anyone unless, uh, unless they're really, really bad. But um, that's pretty much it. But thank you for having me on. And thank you guys so much for having listening to me and doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys again for tuning in tonight. Hope everybody has a good night. Have a good night. God bless.